water, earth, fire, air. Welcome to Bending the Elements. Production by the Novice Latest Podcast. With your hosts, Caleb and Isaac. The podcast about all things Avatar. Welcome back, everyone. Here we are doing yet another overview of the season that we just finished up, which is book two. And yeah, we we said on our first uh, overview discussion, we weren't really sure what the format was, how to do this. And I think we're still in the same boat. <laughs> I'm still not 100% sure this is going to go. But uh, um, but I did write down a couple little categories we can run through and we can see if we can uh, give a little bit of our, our overview thoughts of this book and how the, the story's progressed so far. One of the first places that I wanted to go for this uh, this overview here is just kind of looking at the, the character progression from all our, our buds here. Um, who did you want to start with in this regard? Hmm. That's a good question. Let's start with Toph. Yeah, our newly introduced character, Toph. Yeah, and I think I said uh, in one of our, I think that first um, last Airbender commentary that we did many years ago, that Toph was one of my favorite characters. And so I love seeing her introduction. Um, I feel like in some ways, most of her character progression kind of happened in her introduction. I don't know how much more of it we saw throughout the rest of the the book, which is her going from this kind of uh, contained, kind of internalized person. And the only way to escape was to put on the mask of being that, uh, do you remember what her wrestler name was or her bender? The Blind Bandit. The Blind Bandit. Yeah, that was the only way to... uh, it's kind of like uh, Spider-Man in a way, where she has to put on this mask to, to be her real self. And so then she was freed when she joined the uh, the boomerangs and got to travel with them. Yes. Yeah, which is a great little arc for that little part of her, her story. But I don't know if we had too much more progression beyond that. And then I guess teaching Aang the ways of the, the earthbending. Yeah, no, you criticized the, her, her teach or how, uh, not her teaching methods, but her... Um her reactions to Aang not getting it right uh, immediately. Yeah. And did they really, did they address that too much? I mean, I don't feel like, no, I feel like at a certain point. Yeah. The, the earthbending training started to just kind of fall by the wayside because too much plot was happening. It happened in the background. Yeah. Wasn't exactly the most important thing, even though it kind of should be in a way, but given it's called book two earth. Um, And, there wasn't exactly yeah so the fact that I, I i still stand by my 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 opinion of that episode bitter work should have been an episode dealing with toff as a teacher as well as like so both both toff and ang are learning something at the same time i think that also would have given her i guess maybe a bit more stuff because and and also yeah. increasing cuz i'm not saying she's socially awkward or stunted, but the way the, the, the way she presents herself to others probably does need maybe improvement. Um, maybe not, maybe not improvement. Excuse me, but uh, certainly other things could happen with that if if that makes sense. 
Oh, she's definitely got some social issues. Yeah. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> I don't know if it's social awkwardness or just... Well, especially since she... Ah, yeah, because her parents have basically homeschooled her all her life. So she's pretty much... Other than all she's really learned... How, how she's learned is with that mask of... Or this persona, really. I don't know if it's just a mask, but this persona of going out and being the blind bandit. And the way she learns that is through, you know, Earth Rumble 6. And so she learns a lot of that vernacular and person and her personality comes out from that so she's kind of like hammy in a way although i think it works i I say it works for her but she's very much over the top sometimes um so she's homeschooled and then also kind of like learns through experience that this is how like people act in the real world not not so much really but you know you know what i mean so there there was actually a lot more they could have done with toff uh in a way in the season and yeah, we'll see how she goes in book three. But for now, yeah, I, I do think that there there was room for more stuff to kind of. I'm not trying to say like, oh, she has to she has to behave, she has to like learn to be part of the system, or like everybody else, she has to be one with the crowd. I'm not trying to say that, but like you could have had moments there where, and and maybe in uh, what do you call it in uh, the Tales of Bossing Say when she was they were doing their makeup and all that stuff. Maybe that was room for improvement. I, I have no idea. Maybe that like a little bit of her kind of accepting herself as being beautiful or whatever it was works. I, I, I don't know. And I guess they had that little bit of a character arc with her and uh, Katara where uh, Toph wasn't really participating in the group. She would like only do her side of it, but only for herself, not like help the others set up camp or things like that or collect resources. Yeah. That also didn't feel like it was touched upon, especially like maybe there were subtle parts to it, especially how it was the chase and then it went to bitter work and all was pretty much forgiven or at least forgotten, excuse me, or maybe not even forgotten, but just not, not, none of it was brought up. Um, And and I wonder if when uh, Toph did get some of that advice in the chase from uh, Uncle Ira, I wonder if she was going to keep that and bring that to heart. And that's another thing we didn't even... I didn't bring that up, but like, I wonder if she was going to, if that would affect her at all with Aang te- teaching Aang or, or not. Cause I feel like if, Aang, if uncle Iroh kind of says something to somebody, it sticks with them. Yeah. Or maybe not. Yeah. And I wonder if maybe some of that would have been alleviated if they brought her in sooner. Cause I think it was the sixth episode in that she showed up. It was episode six. Yeah. And maybe they just, by the time that she finally came in, there was so much plot that needed to happen relatively quickly quickly afterwards so maybe that just caused a little bit of uh stunting for for her character growth and i maybe uh yeah i also kind of wish that they were maybe i'm wrong in this i gotta ask you do you think that when she finally metal bends that's like that's not maybe not earned but do you think she was do you think i was set up at all or just it happens mm, if there was set up i maybe missed it because it was really, yeah, because of course we did this uh, pretty spaced out. Um, we started book two all the way back in April of 2022. And it's now December uh, 26th. So so it's been a while. We did it within a year, though. We got it within a year. Sweet. Yeah, not for the listeners. Of course, this will come well, out long after we record it. But... Of course, but at least we I, we personally, I'm happy that we I, I, we got it within, at least I am happy that we got it within a year. Me too. Me too. But sorry, go ahead. I. Yeah. yeah. So what, what we needed 
or at least not needed, but what, what could have worked uh, is more jokes of instead of blind jokes, more metal jokes. She's on metal all the time. She's like, what the heck? <laughs> and she's always irritated. I'm like, why am I always on metal? Like, that's what needed to happen. Like, I know in the drill, they kind of touch upon that, but I wish there was more instances instead of blind jokes. They, she's, she's always on metal. It's like, what the heck? And then in, I think this is, maybe I'm missing it, but in, what is it? In, uh, like towards the end when she gets captured by, um, those two, uh, bumbleheads, that actually should have lasted longer. I think that actually should have been like, uh, yeah. full on like episode. I mean, maybe that's what it was though. Like you could say like she was caught in one episode and then the, but I mean like three episodes she's, she's trapped within this cage and she gets like almost has a panic attack. Um, and then she remembers words from like uncle Iroh or something else, something wise, somebody gave like advice that somebody gave to her, maybe Katara from, uh, the, the uh, tiles of bossing say maybe. And then like she calms her mind or something Aang gives to her. If, if uh, he gave her some advice during their earthbending lessons uh, and bitter work. And then um, she calms her mind and then she achieves metal bending. I would have, I think that would have worked a little better. Maybe not. Okay. Sorry. That's projecting my apologies. Yeah. The only the only downside there is we'd have to get more scenes with Master Fu and, or is it Master Yu and Jin Fu? Uh, uh, Jin, Jin Fu and Master Yu. Uh, yeah, so no, that would that would have been the downside is I didn't need more scenes with them. Yeah, of course, there there is that, but I think that almost like could almost I don't know what that would complete with an arc though, uh, in a season because she metal bends, but what does she learn? I guess. It, it's the part where she has to like learn to, I guess, look at it from another angle. That's 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 what it is. It's the opposite of Aang. She learns the opposite of Aang. That's that's what it is. Um, she learns to see because remember she's the one that always takes it head on. She should have learned from a different angle. That's there we go. That's that's it. Okay, that's that's exactly it. She learns what Aang learns at the very end. Okay. Yeah, and, and maybe it would have been maybe they if they could have set up the metal bending thing like she had an interest in trying to do that or something it would have felt because I don't I don't feel like it was like too bad that it came out of completely out of the blue, but it certainly did come out of the blue. Like uh, what it, what it needed to happen was Aang needed to mention that to Toph somehow in book three after uh, or at least the guru needed to happen earlier. So then he could give like germ like implant that germ into Toph's mind, and then it happens. Maybe if there was a metal bending man in the, uh, but he wasn't a real metal bender. It triggered a mm, interesting, and that would have made Toph jealous of like, you know how like I I feel like I'm the best. Uh, I have this seismic sense. Nobody else has it. Now this guy is claiming to be like the the best. Like you know he's the best earthbender because he can bend metal. And then it's like, yeah, you learn what you have. But then, of course, it's different because, well, he's a phony. Yeah. If you're, if that's what you're saying, and it's like, well, I don't know if that's what we're going with then. But, well, I just thought triggering her curiosity and have give her something to tackle, so an arc for her to overcome during the season to figure out how to do this. 
Okay. Just just a just a thought. I don't I don't know if that would have worked. Okay. So, yeah. Sorry. I'm not. I don't want to shut you down because that kind of seems rude of me. No. No. I don't care. <laughs> I there, there's lots of different things they could have done to give her more of an arc, but but yeah. I I think we've I think we've kind of said our what there is to say for her there there really wasn't that much there this season yeah but she's still charming there's there's enough yeah there's enough there uh if you enjoy it but yeah there's there's a lot of room for more improvement i guess and hmm, who should we go to next um uh let's go to Sokka next because i think there was a lot of stuff that uh changed with him between books one and two yes and one of the big uh i feel changes in this one is a much bigger emphasis on him being the brains of the group. And I think that dynamic works really well for, for Sokka. It helps uh, improve his standing, because in the first book, he was just kind of the butt of the joke all the time. He was just the, the hungry fool, in a way. Yeah, he was the naysayer. He didn't, like, you know, he didn't believe in the magic bending. And then he obviously witnesses a his, his girlfriend in the North Pole become the moon. So it's like, wow, what a, what a big shocking leap in logic there for him in a way his worldview got destroyed yeah and he was always in that first book um kind of puffing him up as this like faux warrior that he never was oh yeah especially in the words of kiyoshi yeah and so it seemed like maybe giving or getting more uh real world world experience made him reassess and focus on his real strengths oh yeah which is his mind yeah, no, he may not have any like as, and that's a good demonstration. We uh, we also had some, especially other examples of non-bending in this season. I'd say of non-benders using their strengths a lot more, and Sokka is no different. Sokka used his mind uh, very well. He's certainly the driving force in a way that reminds the characters that they need to there's a plot happening, like there's a yeah. there's plot A or plot B, whatever it is happening that they have to you know, get to bossing say to, you know, after learning about the library, he goes into immediate, like we got to get this to the earth King and plan a attack on this, but I still do wish this is especially on him. I, I wish that we somehow had uh, an episode or something like that, that mold over the philosophy, not even flawed, but yeah, the philosophy and the morality of what Wong Shi Tong was talking about, how humans always go into the library to use knowledge, or not even just not, but they always use knowledge, not just from his library, to get better of one another. Now, yeah. obviously, some people might call that hokey, and just like, like, why, why do you guys talk about it? like that's just real life, like getting advantage over somebody is is that that's literally how like history is made <laughs> up yeah. to this point. Um, like stop being so melodramatic and self-absorbed over this like nonsense. Uh, get over it. Well, uh, yeah. whereas, but obviously Wang Shitong is the one that stressed this, uh, kind of decrying it and saying it's 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 immoral that you shouldn't do this. And I really do wish somebody or somebody talked to Sok about this or like his actions kind of were, were put in front of him of like, you know, this may. Okay, am I saying does that not justify the invasion or something like that? Should we not go over with the invasion? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I wish that they talked about that because it was brought up. Yeah, and I think uh, I think the way to rationalize it is, and I think this 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 works well the way they presented it, is that it was a non-human pointing out this human flaw, but they're still so wrapped up and self self absorbed in their own uh, 
reality that they can't escape it and they still just fall right into the cycle that he keeps seeing over and over. I see. So, so maybe they're not, uh, they're using that in their opinion for, for good, for good by stopping this imperialist force, but they're still playing into that familiar human cycle that we can't escape. Yeah. And of course it's Wang Shitong himself also maybe being, yeah, a little bit himself self-absorbed or having pride or just going mad from not experiencing what humans are, or yeah, or maybe, yeah, just, he know he knows ten thousand things. Um, yeah, and he's probably seen the the course of human imperialism all the time, and it's almost always the technologically advanced and in their way a more educated side that is the one out there doing the most damage because they they have such an advantage over the, the uneducated. So, so that is the uh, the dangers of that that he very clearly uh, spells out there. Yeah, is it basically knowledge versus industrialism by this point of what you're saying? Like w- wisdom, sorry, wisdom versus industrialism or industrialization, excuse me, in his case, because he has a library that has knowledge. And not to say you don't have, need to have, you obviously need to have knowledge over in industrial systems, but it's progress and or industry of the Fire Nation against like Wang Tong. Does that make sense? uh <laughs> i i think so it, it got a little bit spinned around in my head a little bit but that's that's fair I, 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 <laughs> the way i'm wording it is not helping uh but i just mean he's also yeah he's is he is he worried of being outdated for instance maybe not worried but no i think he uh i think he loves inf- loves knowledge but recognizes the danger of it for this kind of inferior species the humans if if you want to put it that way yes where the spirits have reached a more uh elevated level they can absorb this knowledge and appreciate it for what it is whereas the humans all they know to do is live their self-absorbed lives and so they use the knowledge against each other it's not just for enrichment it's for advantage um but back to Sokka not to go away from that sorry um but I think I agree with you uh in that with with um Wang Chitong and I will probably get to him later but as for Sokka, uh, we set up in the swamp that he uh, keeps seeing visions of Yue. And we didn't really go over a lot of that uh, in a way. Uh, we, we, we did have that maybe, maybe that was a setup for the Serpent's Pass when Suki's there. Yeah. And he's still feeling guilt over what happened to Yue and how he could not save her. But I kind of was hoping that we'd maybe have a little bit more of that in there. Yeah. Maybe maybe that was in there. Maybe just stressing the fact that his whole demeanor of we have to get this information to the Earth King. Maybe that was maybe that stemmed from that initial yeah haunt, haunting almost not haunting but memory of that. And it's still fresh in his mind, given that it's still within like you know a season in a way, even though it's spring now instead of winter, or at least turning from winter to spring. Yeah, real first hand experience of the the absolute calamity of of this war. And wants to uh, to end it as quick as he can, now, even though they all had that kind of firsthand experience. Maybe it just hit more home for him in that moment, or maybe it was yeah. just convenience of writing that they needed one of them to be more uh, driven. <laughs> yeah, certainly. I love I love what he did, and obviously in the Blind Bandit with the Earth Rumble Six, I think that was just wonderful. Making him like an audience surrogate, I think that was that was great. Yeah, and he still gets some good jokes in every now and again, and they still do use him occasionally as the butt of the joke, like when he ate the uh, or drank the the cactus juice and he was all out of it. Oh boy, 
but overall i think they gave him a better story this time around yeah no certainly making him i think they've settled his character where he is uh, and we'll look forward to see where he goes in book three yeah um but yeah there's you know uh, there, there's still some things they could have done we now go on to his sister the master waterbender katara oh yeah and her skill level has definitely uh gone up a few points i mean she seems like yeah she's real tough these days <laughs> yeah all of a sudden she was grinding in her rpg somewhere off screen <laughs> to yeah. get that master status <laughs> Well, maybe now that Aang's been so busy practicing with uh, Toph, she's gotten back to those waterbending scrolls and she's going hardcore. Well, hang on a second. I thought she gave her up those squirrels. Uh, yeah, I guess she did. <laughs> library. Up, up, to, up to the library episode. <laughs> maybe she stole some other scrolls and she's... Uh, yeah. Oh my goodness, why? <laughs> but in terms of her character, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there was all that much advancement here either. The romance with Aang doesn't really develop too much more, at least not from her side of things. We get teased with it in the Cave of Two Lovers in episode two. Yeah, and a couple other times they touch on it. Her role is kind of the like the mother figure of the group, the one kind of taking care of everything around the around the edges. Um, I don't know. That's it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I I kind of miss bit of season or book one katara what i mean by that is i said in either some i don't remember which episode it was but in book one somewhere either in the overview or somewhere in book one i said that she's basically luke skywalker uh just in that she's or ray i guess but i'll go with luke uh in that she's thrust from her small village and sent into a uh now is in a larger world first she's taking her first step into a larger world and so, really, I kind of wanted to see her also, you know, grow with Aang uh, in in the elements, in a way. And not immediately just have the rank of master given to her so soon. I think that's just really a disservice, in a way. And it sounds a little bit like, no, yeah, poor writing at that, in, in a way, of just within, like, a season. Like, she had the potential, I'm not denying that, but I, I kind of wanted her to just be... You know, we didn't even need that line. Like, I think everything she does, I'm not going to say seems like master water bending, but if you hadn't said that, I don't think her, I don't think what she does is, is like what a master water bender looks like. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Save for, save for in the drill where she's holding back thousands and thousands, thousands of liters of, of sludge and her slurry, excuse me, with one hand. Yeah, and I have a feeling that it was just an, an error in the early development of the the way they set up that first season. Because I'm sure that they, they planned it. Okay, this first book, he'll be studying, you know, waterbending. Then the second book, earthbending. And then, yeah, the last book, firebending. Spoilers, I guess. <laughs> Should be obvious, but... Oh, wow. When's, when's book air? Yeah, but we discussed in that book one overview that they spent so much time with Aang not taking the waterbending seriously or really seeing much of his studies. And so by effect, we didn't really see Katara's development in that regard all that much either. So, so by the time it was ready to move on to the earthbending, it was kind of like, okay, we just have to speed this along and suddenly she's a master now. Like I get why they wound up in that position, but yeah, maybe if they would have focused on that element a little bit more, it would have felt a little bit more natural. Element. Yeah. <laughs> Pun intended. Yeah. Um, 
and yeah, I just I also kind of miss that. Maybe not her. Maybe that character flaw of her wanting to project or her wanting to make certain things her project. I mean, that was the very end when she was gonna all of a sudden fix Zuko's face. I'm like, yep. Where did that come from? No, they. It's been consistent. I mean, she she even took uh, Toph as her little project for a while there too. I guess you're right. Trying to get her to act. That's why I say the mother role a little bit. There's this element of trying to shape people around her. Yeah, I guess shape her, shape them like she does with water in a way. Ah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, there you go. Uh, No, maybe they did keep that, and it was a little more subtle, and I didn't think of that much. So fair enough. Probably went over my head. I'm not exactly the smartest person here, but the only uh, yeah, I feel like the characters remain consistent. The only issue is that there's been so much more happening around that she's just not really a part of that. She plays more of like an assistant role for rather than being at the forefront. Like with uh, the switch to the the bending master being tough, we saw her being like a like an assistant to to Ang being like, okay, this is how you can kind of accept the the different teaching methods. This is how you can be more receptive rather than seeing her being the one doing the teaching and stuff like that. I, so it made her feel more in the background. Yeah, I don't know how how this would have worked for her, where if she could give lessons to Aang of like, hey, Aang, remember how you were struggling? Or how, remember how in last book you saw me struggling with understanding water and you were like able to do it, you know, your progeny in a way, so you can just like do it a little, it comes more naturally to you. Well, that's kind of how you've, now the rules are, not. she's not saying that in like a negative sense. She's just saying like, now the rules are reversed. So here's here's how I was able to work around it, or, and here's how I was able to work with water. Here's how you may be able to work with earth in a way. Of course, still doing Toph's teachings, but like here's yeah. here's how you confront it. Yeah. And is there anything else with her that maybe I'm missing? I, I mean, I guess there was a potential a hint at a romance with Zuko, maybe. Well, some little bits starting there. I'm like not. I'm ignoring that because that was really poorly written. I'm just like kind of exercising that from my brain but it did happen it, it certainly did yeah. happen but it was just like i'm not saying it, like i said before it could work but i just think it wasn't handled correctly yeah it, it definitely felt very uh yeah shoehorned in and not in a way that felt natural very forced yeah um but at least it was some advancement otherwise i really don't know if there was much going on there <sighs> fair enough no well I, again there never was anything beforehand uh because you know before like in the previous season like the last time they saw each other they fought you know they had that duel um in the spirit oasis uh with oh yeah body right there so why all of a sudden would she just immediately fall for him i'm like yeah just makes no sense yeah i just more meant uh, a little bit more progression for her oh i see since there isn't much in this book pardon but, me yeah I, but no i totally agree with you on that i misinterpreted you on that <laughs> um she had that bit in the swamp with her mother seeing her mother that she is still missing her uh in a way as she always does i guess as a reminder now i don't know if that was yeah. going anywhere or just reminding the audience like hey guitar misses her mom um because again she yeah. brings that up to zuko at the very end of you know the crossroads of destiny so i i don't know if that was the setup there and that was the payoff i'm i'm not so sure i think it was a reminder because remember they kind of did the same thing with Sokka and ua it was kind of just here's here's some some traumas that these these characters have experienced. Okay, maybe for new v- viewers coming in during the second season. 
Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, other than that, uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of wish that there was still like an adventure and she's still wanting to learn stuff. Yeah. Uh, so that's where she is. Um, next, in a twist, Momo and Appa. <laughs> yeah, I like, um, I mean, uh, of course, there's not that much progression character-wise, but I did enjoy the the focus out of their perspective this season. I thought that was really unique. And uh, I'd love to see more of that stuff going forward. I think that was really standout for this season. Yeah, it certainly expanded their roles. Maybe not roles, but we, we at least got to see from their perspectives. Yeah. Uh, in like one sixth of an episode and then in one full episode. Uh, I think that was some good storytelling they told with them. Yeah. And yeah, just it's our it's our cute buds. Uh they're more than just, you know, uh comic relief and the taxi service or the bus driver. The bus, excuse me. Yeah, I think it was inventive and felt really uh like it really felt like I got to know those characters more, just the way that they process things around them. So so I, I, I really like that. Yeah, no. Certainly made a lot of people probably uh reach for the tissues though in uh in, in in set episodes oh yes there was lots of onions being cut in rooms when the episodes were playing <laughs> lots and lots of onions lots of bowls everywhere <laughs> left over oh but who do we want to save ang for the end should we jump over to the team team zuko let's go with the banished prince himself uh how did zuko stack and her fare this season this book excuse me yeah, it may uh, it may come down between him and Aang for the the most development. A lot of complex emotions going on for Zuko during this book, and lots of uh, shifting moral allegiances for him. Oh yeah, no, he uh, he sh- he sh- uh, jumps allegiances pretty often in this in this season. Yeah, and I think uh, the big change begins with him losing kind of the last bit of status that he ever had, and now he's on the run. And he's got to kind of live on live on the lamb, no longer living in any sort of uh, privilege, but just kind of homeless. And I think that really stripped him down to his core, just at the start of the the book, really. Yes, the roles have reversed. Uh, yeah. Instead of Ang being chased by Zuko, even though he always he'll, he has he's going to be chased by the Fire Nation. Uh, now it is Zuko being chased by his own country. And I kind of wish there was a moment there where he kind of had that. It's like, whoa, so this is what Aang feels like. Yeah, and I think um, because he's so internal, this whole book, like he doesn't really like to outwardly express his emotions to anyone, even to himself. Internalizes. To some degree. Yeah. So maybe even if he is thinking that, he wouldn't really convey it to the audience because he's so walled off. But yeah, I don't know. I've Yeah, and then we see him kind of, with Zuko alone, he kind of has to face, like trying to trying to be a a good a force of good for people, and that kind of backfires on him in a way. And maybe do do you think that tied into his uh, his final choice at the end of the book was switching to Azula, kind of falling back into his old ways? Mm, let's see. Oh yeah, uh, when when push came to shove, when he was literally back up against his back against the wall, when he was hiding his bending and who he was. Mm-hmm. Um, it, in a way, at least in, in Zuko alone, that was triumphant where he proudly announced who he was. Like he was not afraid to show who he was, uh, to other people. Mm-hmm. You know, you make a good, com- I think you make a compelling argument there, my friend. 
Uh, just that, yeah, was there hints at all this of him wanting to go, especially after Azula, you know, lied to him basically. And again, he, the, the mantra of like Azula always lies. Yeah. Like it's, it's so, and especially given that Zuko has been through so much in the previous season where he got like his ship got blown up uh, with him inside, you'd think that he'd be a lot more, again, aware and on his feet uh, so that he would not get caught flat footed or on the fence, as we say in MMA, um, so that he will, he wouldn't be betrayed again, or at least, you know, he would still have the upper hand, but I think that's the point. I think the, <laughs> I think there's a lot of character flaw in that. I think that's his pride in a way. And that ultimately as yeah, pride just refuses, may refuses, but his, his pride prevents him from moving away from that. Yeah. And what do you think about the, the blue spirit, uh, him picking that up again and, and then abandoning it, giving it up for good. Hmm. Because I was never quite clear on what the blue spirit was meant to represent for him. Yeah, like was it uh way? Was it his mask, kind of like Toph? Was it his mask to do vices? I I, I don't know because like we see the opposite of like Aang and the boomerangs didn't exactly like steal from others. Never, yeah. at least never. But we we didn't see them uh always steal from other individuals when they came across this is the opposite where zuko is willing to do it but he's also not wanting to get caught i guess like he's putting yep. on the mask to prevent being seen by others but i thought he was okay with showing who he is i guess again that's to i guess select individuals when he's not trying to blend in with the crowd it makes you wonder if there's a part of zuko that still believes in like honor and so this when he wants to do you know in honorable things he has to shift into this this alter ego. This person isn't quite Zuko. Dishonorable things. Yeah, dishonorable. There you go. <laughs> um. Yeah. Maybe that's a that's a good that's a good question. I don't I don't know. Yeah, I was never quite sure what the blue spirit was meant to represent for him. It also would have been interesting if, if with the blue spirit we could have explored some more of the ugly side of. Of of uh, the Fire Nation, unless I unless we did get a lot of that in, in book two, where now Zuko banished Prince, well further banished Prince. Now he has to, and maybe again with some of the characters he's met, some of those like Earth girls, and literally I mean that like some Earth Kingdom <laughs> girls that yeah. he is suddenly you know like they they are literally suddenly pushed onto him, like <laughs> like Sokka with having a girl in every single. Uh, town <laughs> town suddenly making it a harem for the two guys but not the girls oh what no heck? i don't know that's that. so that's so weird katara does have her uh her trail of love interests well yes but i we're, we're tough with all of her like harem of, of boys anyways um <laughs> but like you know with with all these earth earth nation earth kingdom ladies uh it would have been interesting especially with um oh what was her name uh, in in the tales of bossing say oh jin no uh i see i wanted to say jin uh but her i was i was i was wondering like maybe not just her but like you know all the other people that he comes across i was wondering if like you know i'm not saying he poses as a slave but he has to pose as like a earth kingdom person the entire time and he gets to see like from a different perspective like with within the other people, like what the Fire Nation does, what does to uh, others, actually get like a firsthand experience of it. If if that makes sense. 
Yeah, enough. Yeah, and I guess um, maybe they felt like they had done enough setting up the, the hideousness of the Fire Nation in book one. And that's why this time around they switched over to kind of villainizing the Earth Kingdom and showing that it's not just one group of people that are causing this kind of badness. It's all these people with this military mindset in general that are the problem. Yeah, the ends justify the means of how we get there. Yeah, and maybe to uh, people who are trained to, you know, always uh, be hammering people down. Suddenly everything looks like a nail to them. Which I think is a more nuanced route in that first book, which was very much like the Fire Nations are always the baddies. These guys are the, if we get rid of these Fire Nations, our problem, you know, be solved. <laughs> That's kind of the frame that they gave us there. In this one, it shows that, that it's there's many more uh, shades of evil than just this one group. Yeah, no, I guess when you put it like that, I, I'm not saying I don't want the Earth Kingdom to be seen as with a with a grayer side of the morality scale, but I would have at least liked to see kind of maybe so, sowing some seeds of of what the Fire Nation really is like, at least to Zuko, if if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe we'll get to see more of that in the next book. Hopefully, you know that's it's that's totally fair. Like I'm, there's still one more book. <laughs> but yeah, definitely tons of advancement, tons of back and forth stuff, and I think uh, a lot of that stuff played off beautifully with with Iro there to always support him and always try to give him direction. And I love that Iro this season or this book has been a lot more uh, forceful with it. That first one, he was kind of. Just letting Zuko find his own way around these issues. This time he was really, really kind of push him into confronting himself. I think that was all really, really well developed. Yeah, certainly. With and I think we'll get into Iro in a second, but as for Zuko, yeah, I'm 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 certainly feeling what's going on. Even if there was a lot of meandering with him and we had to give him the subplot of of uh with Jet. Oh yes, the Jet one. Uh, <laughs> you know that whole that whole plot line there um yeah and i guess uh i'll lift up the mask i, I don't know how people feel about our extended uh, joke about that i don't know what you're but... talking about i'm completely i thought that was the truth what are you saying sir yeah i don't know because those episodes it even like we were completely dropping uh the format of going through the show and going scene by scene because we were just not even describing what was actually going on on screen at all so <laughs> I mean I still was beyond like what was happening like with that plot if that's what you're asking. I was still being scene by scene. Well, if you go back, it's it's really not framing the the story of the episode at all. So it is in its way breaking the uh the format. <laughs> so we're making up our own story completely. Are you are you trying to tell me that I are insinuating that I made this whole thing up just because I thought that that whole like subplot was boring? And so I like instead created of a narrative. I projected a narrative in, yes. in place of what actually happened. Yeah, I'm I am curious to hear what people think about that because that sounds completely absurd. And I don't know what you're talking about. Well, because I was happy to go on with it, go on with it too, because it was much more interesting than what they actually gave us. I don't know what you're talking about. Like you're saying, this is a bit. This is not a bit. It really happened in the show. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on from this bit now. This is this has gone on too long. Let's. Uh... It's not a bit. Let's move over to uh, to Iroh, I think, unless you have any final words for uh, for Zuko. From the start to now, Zuko has certainly been played and duped, and it is really sad to see. Yeah. 
And can can you attribute all that to like a character flaw? Like how how much is it a character flaw before it's like just poor writing? Uh, Zuko, I I don't that, that, that I think that's the big thing with Zuko is he he doesn't have that. <laughs> this is mean, but Zuko is a kind of a short sighted person. He doesn't he can't really think for himself in a lot of ways, and maybe maybe that was because of his coddling uh uh mom and then his very oppressive dad and sister kind of forcing him into this little box but he, he struggles to think for himself or find his own direction i don't think he knows how to steer his own ship and that's why if uncle ira wasn't around i don't know what he would do he would be probably in a gutter somewhere because he just yeah he's not all that he's in a place in his life where he doesn't know who he is or what he wants or or what to do so do you think, and also I forgot to mention that, that we see his mother finally. Uh, yeah. Still don't see his dad's face, but we get we certainly see his mother. Um, do you think had he been raised by his mother and his mother had been there, uh, you know, into his teenagehood, uh, he would have been a much different person? Yeah, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. Very much so. Because, uh, I mean, if you think about it, his mom, I mean, she probably wouldn't have stood up too much to the the father i mean it seemed like she was in a pretty diminutive position to him so i and then zuko ended up that way i think he maybe in some ways got that trait from her or maybe the fear of seeing what happens to someone who doesn't uh, just toe the line like what happened to her especially with the fact that we don't know if she was a firebender or not so like Mm. the ugly implications of what a husband can do with all a husband with all the power can do to a wife with like no power. We're, we're, I'm talking with like mending yeah. the elements wise uh, would do so like understandably. So, yeah, I mean, look what, look what he did to his own son with power mm-hmm. <laughs> and what he may have done to his father with some power as well. Uh, Ozai to as one, excuse me. I like the continuing emphasis on how much that scar defines who he's become. I think that's really been really well developed as this, uh, this book's gone on. And I also love the fact that we do introduce lightning, obviously from Azula uh, and, and also not retroactively, but inform ourselves that Iroh always knew how to lightning bend. And the fact that he could redirect lightning, I know this is more for Iroh, but what I'm getting at is I like that. We see that Zuko with that short sightedness that you're mentioning can't, Ben Lightning. I think that was a very good display of his character on on screen. Mm. Uh, and and shows that there is room for improvement in a way. And like I said, I wish we at some point see him one day bend lightning cuz I think that would be the ultimate display of him uh growing as a character. Yeah, and do you feel like you're uh, ready to shift over the the lens to uh to, to Iroh? Yes, let's go to Iroh if you don't mind. Yeah, and um, in terms of development, I, I already mentioned his uh, his interactions with Zuko have intensified. Um, maybe that comes from having uh, given him that space to develop on his own, and then when he comes back, realizes that he really maybe didn't develop as much as he should have. Maybe just became more lost. Um, so I like that, and I also like the the introduction of the White Lotus uh, White Lotus uh, Pai Show gang. Uh, whatever you call them. Yes, the Order of the Pie Show gang. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I like that stuff, getting some more mystery to them. And I think there was just more good spotlights. There, there was a lot of good spotlights in the first book. And in this one, there's some really great ones as well, like the bit with uh, with Toph, their little meeting on the road. I think that was a beautiful little, little section there. Yes, I, I did enjoy that. I kind of wish there was more stuff like that, uh, especially when yeah. they're in Bossing Sea. I kind of wish they, they ran into each other earlier. Because you could still say, like, when 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 she and Uncle when Uncle Ira goes to the house, uh, mm-hmm. that still could work because it's like oh a guy I met like a long time ago or something like that. Or you could just say like oh a guy I've I, 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 a friend, um, yeah a friend yeah yeah. And then they I, again I wish they kind of put that in there, but whatever. Um, but yeah, he himself is he still like a mystery character? Certainly not. Uh, but we yeah. know because we 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 get more of his as as mentioned by. Uh, both by Zhao in the previous season and Azula, uh, that the bossing, the siege of bossing say led by him was uh, utter failure. Uh, well, not utter failure, but uh, it didn't it didn't end end so well. Where it kind of ended in like a stalemate, sort of. Yeah, and I I like the little bits of a uh, little bit of fleshing that bit out. Like I really liked. Um, I, I can't remember which one it was. If it was the Earth King or which one. Oh no! It wouldn't have been the Earth King. It would have been the one after that, one of the finale episodes when they, when they go to serve the the Earth King, and he's like, "Wow, you know, like twenty years ago or however long ago it was, I was trying to take this place, and now I'm here serving the king." You know, his tea. It's funny how life can just like turn around on you like that. Yeah, that whole bit with like him in not infiltrating, but him going inside Bossing Say, I think worked really well for the character. Yeah, uh, they got absolutely. a lot of knowledge out of that, especially in the uh, the tale of Iroh in Tales of Bossing Say. Yeah, very well memorable, <laughs> and seeing him display lightning bending, by the way, and never he he did use it in the finale, of the Crossroads of Destiny, only to like blast through, I guess, uh, a wall, but he never used it like offensively in combat uh, against somebody. Yeah, I very much enjoyed that 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 part, showing again how much. I like the fact I love it when characters have are more powerful than they actually show themselves to be, but they hold back and they restrain themselves. I don't know why I always I always enjoy yeah. that. Yeah, like Yoda. And before any yeah Yoda, and before anybody says, then what's your problem with Superman? My problem is he's just a punching bag, and I wish they showed him a bit differently. Where he's just like, all right, all right, okay, go on, and whatnot. It depends on the certain. Yeah, you're talking uh, uh, animated. Talking about the animated series specifically. I'm talking about yes, the <laughs> Bruce Tim animated Justice League and Superman the animated series stuff. Yeah, <laughs> specifically, excuse me, because I think there's ways to do that. I just wish they didn't always have him in pain. But again, it's just to like make sure, like, oh, it's it's the classic, you know, Saturday morning cartoon of like, oh no, Superman, look out. Yeah, but but I wrote uh... for the bad. Yeah, I'm real sorry. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if there's there's too much more to say. I I think his dynamic with uh, Zuko is gonna be very interesting going forward. Having tried so hard to push him in the right direction, and see him oh, yeah. turn around and make the wrong the big mistake like that, I think that's gonna work out really well going forward. Yeah, subtly showing us uh, like or contrasting him with his brother without explicitly showing it again. We don't really have any scenes between the two of them. I kind of wish. We yeah. got that more, um, but showing that you know, Lu Tin, his his son, uh, who passed away in the uh, siege of Bossing Say, uh, you know that he he really is regretting that, and he's seeing Zuko in a in in like as a son, it, 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 
putting him down the road that doesn't that wouldn't get him killed like Lucien. Not that again, we don't we only get bits of him and Lucien like as you know when he when he Lucien was a young child, and I maybe maybe next maybe next book we'll see him as and Lucien in like you know a teenager because I kind of like to see more of that. And then the same thing with his wife. I kind of like to see uh, how Iroh was with his wife because if we're contrasting him with his brother. His brother's kind of a nasty guy, given that he's you know a fire lord right now, and Iroh should have been fire fire lord. Wonder how that would have turned out, but you know I I I, I do wonder like you know, how Iroh is with his with his next of kin, and where she is. But that's not for here and there. I'm I'm yeah, I am satisfied exactly. with uh, how he goes. Obviously, some out of character moments are maybe it's the pleasures of the flesh, as you said. But the part when he's there inside Bossing Say initially, and he warms up the cold tea. Uh, that, yeah, you were you were as Zuko pointed out, that was kind of out of character. Yeah, but uh, I feel like I feel like I've said my piece for for Iroh. If you wanna, if you're ready to move on. Yeah, fair. I think yeah, I'm, I'm satisfied with who he is. And again, Mako did uh, or Mako did an absolutely fantastic job. Um, oh, stellar! Final, yeah, for his final appearance and. Yeah, you you were definitely missed, buddy. Rest in rest in peace. Uh, most respect to you. A brief tangent. I just heard him again in one of his final war uh, final roles in TM, uh, TMNT two thousand seven. Oh yes, just watched that about a week ago. That film. Yeah, <laughs> we'll discuss that one day. But um, one day. But I guess we should move over to uh, kind of our new uh, gang of characters, the Azula Attack Squad. Yes. And I don't know if there's enough to really discuss them all individually, because I don't feel like there is all that much development there. Uh, for, <laughs> uh, it, I guess there's. I guess we could start with uh, May, kind of the bottom of the list. Yes, May with her. Uh, or yeah, May. Sorry, with her. With what she's going through, not much other than she's yeah. just a support character at this point, uh, despite all my <laughs> added characterizations um yeah she's she's kind of the pouty one of the group the one that doesn't really seem like she's has much interest in being there like she's almost doing it out of obligation and maybe a chance to see uh zuko because she does have that little bit of a interest in him unless we made all that up i feel like there was at least some early i feel like we're projecting (laughs) no there, there was a couple hints uh early on during her introduction Especially with the flashback, uh, exactly flashback in the flashback of uh, Zuko alone, where so we really kind of took that and hooked it in. But honestly, I think there wasn't much there, and like, yeah, all, like <laughs> like for Pin's sakes, we don't want to just make her Zuko's girlfriend. Like that's not what we want to do. Because last thing she is is that would just make her like you know a girl for Zuko, and it's like well that just makes her a poorly written character. So well. Well, it's it's. I mean, we're we're filling in when, where there isn't much at all because yeah, she's, I guess so. That, that's fair. I mean, we even discussed in her introduction episode. She like didn't even care about her brother. She, it was her brother, right? That it uh, was her bro. It was her baby brother. She was so uh, underdeveloped that yeah, her brother in peril meant nothing to her at all. And I don't know if that was a character trait. Maybe that was to show her complete apathy towards everything. But yeah, but but yeah, there's there really isn't much to her. Yeah, she she's a f- kind of a amusing character in her complete lack of care about the goals of the Azula attack squad. But yes, yeah, not much there. But 
She's just a she she's just a big knife. That's all she is. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but how about Tylee? What do we what do we have here? <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Yes, her. Uh oh boy. Uh like I said, born on the wrong side of the tracks. Yep. Let's put it that way. Uh I don't know if that's a little insensitive apologies if that is, but um no, like so oh shoot, yeah, hang on a second. I think I wrote a note about her, so give me, yeah, I guess give me a second here. Yeah, maybe I'll say uh yeah, she strikes me as a lot more interesting than what they've actually given us in terms of writing. Because yeah, she almost seems like she lives in a state of like amorality. Like she's like, Oh, whatever I'm side I'm on, you know, I'm just here to kind of, you know, do what I do. I'll hang out with my friends, kind of further their cause. But it's like she doesn't really maybe she hasn't seen the impact of the the Fire Nation imperialism, or maybe she just doesn't really care. Maybe she's just one of those people who's kind of, you know, I'll I'll do my part to serve whatever side I'm on, but it doesn't really make much of a difference either way. I don't know, but she is interesting. So I completely, this was a, this is, I'll admit this was a bit that I should have done, but I completely missed it. And people are probably going to give me grief for this, but I missed the idea that, uh, Ty Lee, uh, learned her chi blocking from a sheer shoe. So if you remember the, the little the little beastie that uh, was the bounty hunter steed June, uh, back and way back in Batau of the Water Tribe, uh, had the ability the basic well there had two quirks that it could smell anybody's scent from like a continent away, and it had a tongue that could paralyze its opponents. And I should have done a whole bit where she learned her technique of chi blocking from the sheer shoe adapted it of course i feel like you did uh, chi blocking did i say that yeah i feel like it did come up because i remember the sheer shoe came up in one of the episodes that i was editing recently oh no that was for the sheer shoe darts in appa's lost days when the sandbenders were trying to subdue appa oh okay hmm. yeah i thought it, i thought it came up after that but maybe i'm wrong well that was episode 16 so i i don't think so hmm. um but either way uh I enjoy the character design. It's yeah. the most anime we get, by the way, in the show so far. Like, like she could be straight off of a Japanese anime, uh, in like the early or in the mid aughts, and she wouldn't look out of place. I'd say, or if you transplanted her to something like that, so she's like the one that, just because she's got her like crop top and whatnot, and her maniac pixie girl attitude, like bubbly personality like she would not look out of place in any like animated show in japan in the mid-aughts <laughs> um but yeah i i definitely enjoy her there was a bit obviously at the end of when azula and or yeah the, the attack squad fights the kyoshi warriors and she has a bit where she's like you're not more pretty than us and i'm like whoa where'd that come from like there's there's something there seeding there. That's weird. That's weird. Um, but did you have any? Uh, I don't know if you heard my uh my question about her uh moral, uh center. I don't know if you heard that. Oh no! What was what? Sorry, what was your question? Yeah, I was just saying that she she strikes me as curious because she almost seems to have this like amoral aspect to her, and she's one of those people who, you know, either she hasn't seen the impact of the Fire Nation uh, imperialism, or maybe she just doesn't care. But she's just kind of happy to play her part in whatever 
uh, government she's a part of. And she's just like, I'm, I'm helping my friend here. We, you know, we're, we're seeking out this avatar. We're causing some destruction along the way. But she's just having a party and enjoying herself all the time. And it's, yeah, it strikes me as a, like maybe a curious amoral kind of character in, in that regard. Is it, a, is it amoral or is it also apolitical? Could be both. Like, um, I get the sense that May, you know, she, you know, she knows that they're on the bad side and she just doesn't really care either way. Yeah. But she's not, she's not into it. She's just there out of obligation. And Azula, of course, you know, she's happy to lead the, the dark side brigade because she, she wants power. <laughs> she's the princess for pit's sake. So of course she has to like keep up appearances, but she, it is interesting that Azula chooses these two again almost apolitical figures like you'd think that she'd bring in more ruthless characters kind of like somebody similar to like the uh the, the rough Reiner, rhinos like you think that they would yeah. actually be a better fit for the azula attack squad uh i think they should have done that personally now i'm getting uh, into azula more than tylee but let's with tylee at least um yeah no i think with both characters they're a little more apolitical where they they don't care much about the war itself and they're mm. more looking at it from like Azula's perspective, not pers- well perspective, but also like point of view. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think, but with, yeah, with Tylee, unfortunately she very much is just a tool Yeah. by Azula. And she doesn't even realize that herself, uh, given her eccentric bubbly personality. Um, and that, that and make, makes sense of course that she wouldn't know that. Um, but I hope she does kind of realize uh, next season or next book that she is kind of just being used. And I think there is a little bit of overpoweredness with the chi blocking. I wish there was a little more like she does go into like what it's about. Mm. Yeah, there's definitely I, I think I'm reading into too much with my finding that that element of her interesting because, yeah, there, she all around she's underdeveloped. And again, she's another kind of... Uh, attractive or attracted to a, a Sokka personality so they have that for too but that's about it <laughs> oh yeah again part of part of the Sokka harem yeah she's a joyful um villain but yeah that, that's about it <laughs> and speaking of villains then we have the new one Azula what did you think of her inclusion or at least yeah her introduction not even introduction but what do you think of her this season because at least by the end of the book she's not dead like Zhao or at least yeah. we don't see her. Or well, we don't see Zhao. Excuse me, it's not dead, but we we don't, we don't know that. Yeah, we saw some some weakness, um, some some dents in the armor with uh, uh, Zuko in that first book. Like maybe he he wasn't the big bad that we uh, that he seemed to be at the start of the show. So I like that they expand the uh, the family of of his kind of um, what was their their last name? <laughs> F- Fire Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they have last names. Yeah, no, I think uh, only it. only the Earth Kingdom so far has like last names. At least with Toph, Ang of the Southern Air Temple, Katara and Sokka <laughs> of the Southern Water Tribe. Either way, we see that uh, he's he comes from a much more firm stock, and maybe the fact that he's a weaker element of it maybe leaves more room for him to be likable. Because there's nothing likable about Azula. She's uh, she's pure imperial force and she'll do whatever it takes to get into uh positions of power she is everything that zuko is not and that's why i think people love her for that 
And yeah. I, I certainly admire her for that. And and, and in, in years past, I, I didn't like her just because she was always ahead, one step ahead of everybody. And I was like, this isn't fair. Why is she so much better than Aang when he's like more powerful than her? He is. But Azula's prepared. That's the thing. She's like yeah. Batman in a way where she's been like preparing this for her whole life. Like she's had like the best training. She's like one of the best firebenders out there. Uh, yeah. And also has trained in intelligence warfare as well. So of course she's the best because she's been like groomed this way. I'm like, I was kind of short-sighted and ignorant to that. And I'm like, now I appreciate her much more of like, Oh man, this, yeah, it's, am I, am I like buying it was, am I with the crowd now? You could say that, but it's still like to not not just be with like you know the crowd. But even still, it's like no, I I much understand this character more and appreciate that for what she is. Um, very much a perfectionist, and uh, yeah, definitely spreading the message of the, her her father's uh, regime, I guess. Yeah, and I like that uh, even from a young age, she recognized the weakness in both Zuko and their mother, and in in a way, kind of reviled them for it or you know, look down on them as lesser. So I think that really works and it furthers uh, Zuko's character from not just being abused by his father, but having his sister there as another instrument of the abuse. Hey, not just, no, 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 no. Not just her mother or her brother, but her uncle yes. and her grandfather. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do love the uncle bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she is just nasty all around. As as her mother puts it, like, what is with that girl? <laughs> Uh, it's it's the old question of like are to to quote wicked are people born wicked or have they have wickedness thrust upon them? Yeah, sometimes uh, yeah, was she, she she was born lucky, but was she also born evil? That's the question. Well, she was born very close to the the top of the the power pyramid, not just in their specific empire, but an empire that was spreading over the globe. You are not wrong there, my friend. And she saw the beauty in it. <laughs> Again, as I said, the the son is similar to the mother and both like f- physically uh, appearance and also like sometimes mentally. And then the daughter is some is mostly uh, resembles their father uh, in both physically and maybe potentially mentally as well. Not always, of course, that's <laughs> I don't want to sound mm-hmm. like I'm making pseudo psychology mm-hmm. here, but there is at yeah. least some truth to what I say. Yeah, there's some there's some folks out there who just yeah are are just true believers in in the cause for no matter how hideous the cause they they'll give their their all to see it fulfilled and that's definitely Azula and I see a, I see a deep ambition in her I see her as you know potentially wanting to usurp her father I definitely feel like that element is is in her ooh interesting okay I don't know if I got a hint of that really um it was in that that final episode with uh with zuko with them coming together i feel like there was a, a an element of come together and together will ascend to the throne huh will restore something to the galaxy i was seeing a little bit of palpatine elements to her <laughs> so in a way rule of two <laughs> And this could very well, full full disclosure to the audience, this could be because around the time that we, we watched that finale was around the time that we did the uh, Revenge of the Sith discussion on our other podcast feed. So potentially that could have been why I was thinking about it more. 
Just no, I don't. I, th- I don't think it's a. I don't. I don't think it's a full on reach that you're you're making there. Um, I think it's at least subtle stuff, or maybe it's like seeds, like you're saying. But I don't know if there's ever like, well, because I there hasn't been any talks of overthrowing other than like what Azula mentioned in the beginning, unless that's what you're going <laughs> to. Oh, great. Unless that's what you're going with, by the way of like, Oh, all the way back in the beginning of episode one, um, the avatar state, uh, with, with, uh, Aang or not with Aang, but when, um, Azula was talking to Zuko about, Oh, there's been ru- rumors. There's rumblings of, of, um, conspiracies and, uh, super no superstition, but of uh, treachery involved. Oh, um, yeah, nefarious plans. Unless, unless that literally is like you saying, like, oh, that it's she was talking about herself, not like other people. Yeah, potentially she was projecting to, uh, yeah, cast the light in a different direction and keep her, uh, her mysterious ambitions in the shadows. Yeah, it could, could be, could be. Yeah, like <laughs> she literally expelled it out, like in front of Zuko, and he's too much of he's too <laughs> stupid, like he's stupider than a doornail to realize it. So. Um, that'd be pretty funny if that is the case. We'll have to see. We'll have to wait and see for that. But I, you know, if that's if we're going that way, I think that's a really cool idea. <laughs> yeah, and I I can't back it up. I I definitely wasn't thinking of that example, but <laughs> I, I don't know. I just got that inkling in that that last two parter. Oh, well, that's fair. No, I think you're you're onto something in a way. So yeah, potentially it's uh, that is the case. But for now, yeah, she is a unstoppable force that doesn't exactly seem to have a weakness. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I enjoy her presence and we'll certainly see what happens next season with her because she is, she's definitely the successor to Zhao in this, like, well, first off, she's like now from season like book two to book three, she's now like another series arc villain or yeah. she, she's the season or series villain, excuse me. And yeah, much with less sympathies than Zuko. We'll, we'll say that. Yeah, and I'm curious. Did you wanna? Did you wanna waste the time to discuss Jet's? Uh... <laughs> I mean, maybe again, I, we're we're showing our cards here. Let's let's do let's let's do it. Here. Let's do it. Let's. Why not? We have we have no not the same. We have no choice. But like, given that we mentioned it, let's uh, let's talk about Jet. Yeah. So he comes back and yeah, he has a yeah a somewhat on un- well to say somewhat is uh yeah he has an un- an uninteresting plot with Zuko where he suspects that uh, they meet on the the boat. They're both going in like refugees to, to bossing say, and then he suspects, Oh, I think he's a firebender. And yeah, that's basically his plot. And then he gets his brain. There, there's not much there. <laughs> I'm sorry to, if anyone likes this plot, it, it really didn't feel like there was much value in bringing him back. It was more of a, a screen time filler in my opinion, than much of a plot for either character's development. Him or Zuko. But- no, I got a better. I got a better description of this. So here, here, I can sum it up like within like two two lines or two sentences. Jet falls in love with Zuko after spending some time on the boat with him. Then, like when he, yeah, this is gonna take longer than a few sentences. Two sentences. Uh, then when Zuko rejects his offer to you know, go on a date, uh, he becomes completely jealous and does everything to like you know, get Zuko to, you know, go on a date with him, but accidentally ousts himself as a firebender and then becomes a puppet and pawn of the Dai Li and Long Feng. And it's just there to show us uh, the brainwashing schemes of the Dai Li. 
Yeah, so there there really isn't much value. It's it's not worth discussing, really. No, and of course, the way his death is treated... Uh, yeah, I'm going with death. Um, the way his death is handled is... Or the way he snaps out of the brainwashing before his death came from Aang. Completely out of character. Should have come from Smeller being Longshot. I will always, you know, not let that down. I think that was a bad... Uh, a mistake on the writer's part, excuse me. Yeah, I agree. that It was an interesting character when we first saw him. And they brought him back and just kind of wore out the welcome progressively and it just didn't add anything in terms of Zuko's character uh a journey it was just kind of a unnecessary side trail I mean they could have like done something with that had they like stayed together potentially and like contrasting the two of them like if they could have but uh I don't know if it was it was always there uh and I'm just gonna do this quickly because you brought Uh up you know Jet's like I know, like, and I'll try to spend as much time. As, I'll, I'll make it quick. Suki, just because we saw her for at least two episodes, and the Kyoshi Warriors are involved in the plot somehow, sort of. Yeah, she was present. I don't know if there was much development in any way no. or anything of note, but but yeah, she was there. She was there. But it it, it ends on a note of we don't know what happened to her. I have no idea who that was in the getup of the Kyoshi Warriors uh, in the at Bossing Say, but it wasn't you know any of Suki's girls or Suki and her friends. Okay, let's see. Let's move away from this bit too. Let's get over to uh, to Aang. Yeah, and Aang. Hmm. That's yeah. His his development, even though I think maybe as much happens for him as did with Zuko. I don't know. Maybe it maybe it feels a little less refined as well hmm interesting go on yeah because we i mean we start out the 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 series with him really looking for an earthbending teacher um very quickly he's moving on from his waterbending uh aspirations i guess he feels like he's mastered that pretty well and so it's now of time to find an earthbending teacher and we complained in that first book the overview like uh, ang you know it, it doesn't really seem like he's really paying that much attention to the time crunch and he needs to be more focused on his training. And I don't know, I don't feel like they necessarily solve that problem this, this time around. Uh, what do you think? Do you, th- do you think they've gave a better focus on that or? Hmm. See, they filled it with a lot of plots, which was yeah. interesting, but yeah, the earthbending stuff it's there. It is just a thing of like he can't master master like does does master mean something different? Is does, does it mean like mm. oh you've you've reached because master is is a very is a very like subjective word I'd say. I think it's understanding. It's it's in a way at, at this point I don't think what Roku said is talking about like you've you've mastered this for seven years. I think it's understanding. Uh, because he really does have that time crunch, and you yeah. can't, you you can't crunch uh, a master in like within weeks or within months or within a year. I I don't think you can. You can have the illusion of that, say in, you know, on a, on a film, like for instance, you can you can fake. Uh, an actor looking like they're a great martial artist when it's just camera angles <laughs> or it's not, or, or, you know, 
uh, cleverly placed stunt doubles uh, in certain shots. I'm looking at you, Marvel. Uh, although I'm also looking at you, Winter Soldier. How about that? Not the character, but the movie. So you can fake it that way. But in this case, like, Aang's really gotta, like, double down on that. Um, but I don't also want to be like those monks in book one, where it's just, like, take away uh, the fun, I guess, aspect of, of his training. But at the same time, yeah, there, there, there's, a, there's a balance to be had. And did they reach that balance in this? Mm, that's a good question. I don't know. Do you feel like... Uh... Do you feel like he has a more, more uh, serious bent to his his focus on the improving himself? Do you feel like, because we kept commenting like ah like, in that first book it seems like he's not really taking seriously the the impact of everything that's going on and like he's not improving as much in the bending as much as he could if he was trying harder, or maybe not trying harder but uh, being more serious about his training. Maybe it's hard to say because we saw so little of the training this time around. Yeah, and I I don't know exactly how he needed to show that throughout the season, yeah. the the book itself, because largely it was <laughs> like them going from one spot to the other. Yeah, uh, and it did not end well. It, and it ended similarly in the first book, um, though not with like a giant Kozilla aspect hmm. what it was really was instead of even though it was earthbending it was the avatar state uh but even that wasn't touched upon until the very end of the season or the book excuse me yeah and i think they did an okay job seeding that like uh starting with the the avatar state episode where they're trying to whatever that uh, earth nation general is trying to force him to use that as a weapon i think they did a good job setting that up there and then having that be the real thing to master this time around and i kind of wonder if they they realized that they weren't going to have enough time to focus on the earthbending side of it because we had that big oppa diversion i mean that was many many episodes of we didn't see any or any earthbending training all we saw was ang very focused on uh, finding his best friend really so so maybe they knew that it was going to have to be more focused on the the avatar state in the end so they seeded that early yeah, and I wonder, wonder if they could have done something with the loss of Appa translating to his training. I wonder if they could have contrasted that with uh, with the two of them. Maybe I'm being a little nonsensical there. Pardon me if I'm going weirdly in that, but yeah, and I I feel bad to uh, to focus on this element because it feels like very clearly in this second book that was they had a much more wide focus than just that specific aspect of him mastering the elements but they kind of laid it out in that first book that that was going to be a, a big part of the show and that him having such a specific time crunch meant that they were going to focus a lens on that but it didn't seem like that was what their vision was for this book so maybe it's unfair to focus on that negative when we had so many other really cool aspects going on i mean essentially what we would have to be seeing is and going to avatar training school or earthbending school in a way so it's like any high school drama in, in an animated high school drama <laughs> tv show and from japan <laughs> i'm just learning this stuff yeah and I, I guess to move away from yeah i did i guess we'll to sum that up so do you feel like the it was ultimately about the same as that first volume in terms of the training i would yeah i would say that now with the training with that yeah but there's still ang the character himself yeah. 
Boy, did he go through a lot of emotions this season. Oh, boy. Yeah, and I was going to jump over to uh, him and Katara's relationship. Let's go. Yeah, I, I feel like they've uh, um, done a good job, maybe not fully developing the romance aspect because it was pretty well defined in that first book, but definitely furthering it and continuing to um, <laughs> kind of show us the audiences. That's definitely very clearly a focus for him. Yeah, certainly doubling down. Yeah, doubling down that, which I I enjoyed. Uh, again, I'm a I'm a fan of that of that ship person, that relationship yeah. between the two. Um, is it just because it's so basic? Like, yeah, yeah, pretty much. I'm a ba- I'm a basic person. I'm a very simple minded and uh, simple man. So like, yeah, it's so sweet. There's such a a childlike uh, element to it. It certainly is. Uh, they gave us hints at that, which was nice. The Cave of Two Lovers was just pure cheese uh, and fun. Maybe you could say it's a little contrived and didn't need... But I think the tale in of itself, like the, the Cave of Two Lovers aspect, was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to get those two to just kiss, it was like, that's kind of funny. Um, yeah, I didn't... Uh, but whether whether it did happen or not, that's, a, that's another thing. I didn't love how they used it in the finale with... Um his immediate standoffishness with Zuko when he just sees them standing next to each other kind of makes him look like a jealous, like a jealous jerk. <laughs> oh yeah. All of a sudden it turns into a daytime soap opera show. Cue the young and the restless theme. Yeah. It's under, it's understandable from a, that age group. And I guess, I guess a lot of old, older folks get really jealous too, but I don't find that a very relatable or charming aspect of any character. So it wasn't uh, great to see with Aang there. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that look was because, you know, of something that was going between Katara and Zuko or just like, again, enemies or something like that. I mean, I, I do wish it was still the Aang of, oh, what do you call it? The, the Aang of uh, the, the, the Blue Spirit. Yeah. Where he gave the, we could have been friends or could we have been friends? Yeah, that's that's why that's why I think it was a more jealous thing, because he has many times reached over a hand of friendship to Zuko. And to see that him immediately being standoffish, I, I got was, or at least I assume it was from like a jealous angle because they were standing so close to each other. And yeah, it was like, hey, I'd stay away from my girl type of thing. Ah, <laughs> uh, probably. I guess, I guess if you read it into that, I don't know if I've read that fully, but I guess, yeah, I guess that, 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 that did happen. Yeah, that could be projecting. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm reading into that wrong. But um, besides that, I do think the, uh, him having a little bit of a darker turn in this book, I think, works for him too. When uh, Appa went missing, and it's he kind of switches into a type of survival mode. It's like until I find my my Appa, if you're if I perceive you as an enemy, watch out. <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, I thought that really worked. <laughs> that was something else that took took him out of his comfort zone because before he was very much playful, and then that happened, and like. I mean, if he acted very much like a kid would, well, that kind of makes sense because he still mm-hmm. is a kid. So, like, I actually think that and the way, you know, his actor performed, I think really did yeah. a good job with that. Again, yeah, I think all the actors did a great job. This, I don't think there's I, this show has, I think, no bad acting. Yeah. Yeah. You edit that. Obviously, somebody can prove me wrong, please. I'm, I'm open to interpretation. Um, but like if he did act like a perpetuate child, he's 12. Now, is that an excuse? No, but at the same time, like I certainly get that outburst. 
Oh, it was it was completely understandable um, for anybody. I mean, Appa was kind of in a way his his last tie to his old life. So having that stolen from him and not knowing where, what's happening to him, yeah, I get the uh, if I if I think that you know something, then I'm gonna make sure that you tell it to me, no matter what I gotta do. <laughs> I think that's all fair. I don't know if it was was the, is there a thing called like the x number x amount of numbers stages of of loss that sounds 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 familiar yeah i'm not i i don't know if i'm from grief that's a if that's a pseudoscience or it's just proven by this point but like i think that's what they were trying to go for and i'm pretty sure they kind of showed that where you know at one point he's you know he's immediately angry uh and then he kind of sour still he's still like you know dour he abandons hope in the in the uh yeah, Serpent's Passage. By the way, I know I said the whole like abandon all hope, ye who enter here, um, Dante's Infernal line, but it actually was abandon hope was the uh, is a Buddhist saying. Hmm. Whoops. Yeah, and I, I liked the uh, the the kind of um, the way he the way he reacted to the more uh, controlling regime of Bossing Say as well. It was a tepid standing in line when he felt like, okay, this is going to benefit me to find Appa. But then once it was clear that that, that they weren't going to help him, then it was just, okay, screw all this. I'm going to do thing my do things my way. I like to see the different ways that he reacts reacted to the people around him there. And even with the that Earth Nation general, even though he felt personally that he was like, I don't know if I can control the Avatar state and I never want to do it again thinking that it was for the greater good, he was still willing to push beyond his boundaries and, and try to, to help. I like that aspect as well. Yeah, even if he was guilt-tripped into doing it. Yeah, he, well, he was guilt-tripped, yeah. So, so I think there were some good shades to him. Yeah, overall progression as the Avatar in terms of mastering the elements, yeah, it does feel like it's happening in a way that doesn't feel particularly natural, which I think is too bad. Yeah, if... if uh... Is yeah, if Aang didn't have any of his friends with him, yeah, Azula would have killed him like pretty quickly. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair, that's fair. And, um, I do think I wish that he was, and, and everyone has their role. I'm glad that Sokka has the role that he has, but sometimes I do wish that Aang would step up more. And I mean, he is the avatar, maybe he should be more in a leader role, but. Maybe he's just not there yet. Maybe he's still too young to really know how. To yeah, or yeah, like have an episode where he tries to lead. Yeah, and and how I mean that was kind of sort of Serpent's Pass, where he was like, "All right, I'm getting these. I'm getting this family over this this this. Uh, I'm getting them. I'm getting them to Bossing Say." Yeah, yeah, trying to live up to the Avatar role, which he hadn't really done in a while because he'd been so distracted by, yeah, Appa really. <laughs> And he, he he even kind of abandoned them for a while. He was just going off on his own, searching for Appa as they were wandering through the desert. Yeah, those guys could have died. And I guess yeah. Aang would have also died because of how stubborn is the word, but also, like, distracted he was. Like, emotionally yeah. distraught he was. He would have died had like because he, he cared not for his life uh, preservation or uh, uh, he cared only for his friends or his, you know, his yeah, his animal child's uh, preservation and, and sort of safety. 
Yeah, and, and these may the things we're saying may come off as complaints for his character, but I don't think it is. I think uh, it just means he still has plenty of room to to grow, and it may have been nice to see more of that growth this book, but there was still a whole lot of really interesting stuff happening. So it maybe it makes sense that some of that would be saved for later. Yeah, maybe it's for all we know, it could just be you know an actual like realistic progression or at least plausible progression. He's twelve years old. He's yeah. not a teenager yet. He's still a child. Uh, and, you know, teenagers rebel. <laughs> um, no. But, like, yeah, he's not an adult. Like, we're expecting an adult to do this. And that's, yeah. the, I think that's the point, is that he is a child. And we're, we are adults ourselves. Try to imagine yourself as a child to save the world within, a, like, a, a single year. <laughs> not plausible in a way. So, I think as as tight and crunchy as it's going to be, I still want to see him do it. Um, yeah. And yes, I think we want him to be better himself, but maybe again, that's just not the character. Maybe the character isn't meant to, you know, be this at this, at this stage in his life, be uh, this, this great bender, this, this great defender of the world. And he really has no choice. And I think that's the point. Yeah, but as we as we come to kind of uh, the last quarter of this uh, this discussion here, I wanted to touch on a little bit of our some of our favorite episodes and kind of our overall thoughts of this season versus or this book versus last book. Now, do you want to do the split between JM and DR? Uh no, no, I don't okay. think that's yeah more more in terms of story. Then. Fair enough, got it. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, maybe your top like two or, or three or something that we can do relatively quickly. <laughs> Since we're coming close to my heart out. Uh-huh. Yes, I figured. I, was, I knew you were looking at the time there. All right, let's see. I have to pull up the page. Let's see here. Yeah, I'm shocked this one's gone on for as long as it has, actually. I didn't realize we we're going to spend so long on the just the characters. But I guess there was a lot to say. There was a lot more to say this time, I feel. Yeah. Um... I gotta go with the drill. I have to go with the drill. Mm. Like, maybe that's just showing my hand of, like, pure action stuff. But, like, if we're gonna go with action and then I'll go with, like, story, I'm gonna go with the drill as action. Because, man, that was an episode. Man, that was, like, like I said, you could structure this, like, as a film itself. And they made it into 30 minutes. Or not even that, 25 minutes, and it worked. Yeah, the drill was a really strong one. Yeah. Oh, uh, I I gotta I gotta lean into my more uh, more played back instincts, and I gotta go with one of my favorites being Zuko alone. I figured you'd say that. Yeah, Zuko alone. It I love all the character backgrounds for Zuko. I the episode itself was beautiful, and um, it had this like cool western element to it. I think that one felt really inventive too for the show, and really unique. So definitely that one has to be on my list. Hmm. This is hard. Actually, hmm. I don't know for my because I am also trying to subtly do like a JM episode because I did a DR movie episode. Now I want to do a JM. <laughs> well, I'll say for my other favorite. Uh, yeah, go ahead. It probably has to be uh, just because I love the setting so much. I think it's just such a cool I- idea, and that's the library. I love seeing all all that. Uh, like spirit world library elements i love um what was his name again the giant owl spirit long she tong long she tong 
yeah and just the the super uh kind of um suspenseful ending there with the multiple climaxes of them trying to escape the library and then uh oppa and and Toph on the outside trying to deal with these uh, bandits well Toph is trying to save the library from sinking i think all that stuff was really for for this show kind of edge of your seat kind of stuff so all that all that really worked for me i think that was just great I am surprised you did not go with Blind Bandit. I do love the Blind Bandit, but uh, it's it's in a season with a lot of really strong episodes. And it's not quite as strong. <laughs> I would even put off his Lost Days in, in front of that one. I think for me, when it came to characterization, I know there we could have done so much more with this, but I have to go with... Uh, so interesting but I, I have to go with uh the guru i think that hmm. one i i very much enjoyed the philosophy of chakras uh yeah. and more understanding of the uh I, just the spiritual angle of that i would even put not tie but i, I would also put a runner up for maybe like bitter work because again it talks about hmm. well it's both it's two things it's it's talking about ang learning earthbending and zuko learning to bend lightning so i'm like i would have like i i just love that training stuff and and understanding and learning that kind of stuff so i'm like let's go with that i i, I definitely enjoy that so i don't actually have any of those were jm those were all dr <laughs> dang wow <laughs> well sometimes the the great scripts don't define the great animation and, and to be uh, fair dr movie did pull out some really good stuff this book as well Again, so I can't complain. You would probably put the drill and bitter work up there among their best animated episodes uh, in like the whole like overall series. Yeah, and then speaking of the, the kind of the whole overall series, I will say, um, even though I think I liked the more cohesive element of that first book, it felt like they're really building up to kind of one thing in particular, and every story was just a, a piece of the journey. Uh, the second book feels a lot less cohesive in that way but i think overall i, I like the storyline the storylines i should say better and i think the individual episodes were maybe stronger this time around even though that that's not a knock on book one because i think there was some really fantastic episodes in book one i just feel like maybe there was a a more higher uh ratio of, of really great ones in, in book two yeah i i think i know what you mean i think they really tried to tie all the episodes back to the finale so that nothing was filler especially with the drill that was really nice that was seemingly you know the self-contained story that probably wouldn't have any more uh impact on the plot later on became mm -hmm. one of the reasons for uh the earth king believing the gang or the boomerangs uh later on which really did help. So I, I really enjoy the fact that they, I appreciate, even if it all didn't uh, tie together, you know, and at least in our, in my mind, which is again, subjective. Yeah. Uh, I do appreciate though, that they put out the effort and the effort was made. So I, I got to give it to them on that. I, I appreciate that a lot. Yeah. You know, I feel like um, maybe they just had too many things going on for it to really feel cohesive. Cause like we said, we had that whole section before uh, six whole episodes before Toff's even introduced. And then I feel like we have a little side trail there with the kind of 
learning the basics of earthbending before we jump into the big oppa plot and that oppa plot brings us to the big bossing say plot so, so maybe there was just less maybe there was less going on in book one in terms of uh, big dramatic elements and that's only for the gang i mean all this stuff with zuko there's so much going on with him over on his side of the, the series so and i'm very curious to see how that how that uh cohesion is going to work out in book three it's it's been quite a while since i watched it so i don't exactly remember the sequence of everything well i mean you could almost say that they could have uh had a fourth book if that were the case mm. they didn't have to do you know three books but instead four books i'm not saying they could have done more and more like six but i know i'm just saying like you almost hmm. they have too much um uh, too 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 much storyline in a way yeah, but I do ultimately think it worked quite well, and I am quite satisfied at the end of book two. Um, so, so yeah, do you have any any last uh, kind of words on it before we uh, yeah close it down and look look to the future for our book three uh, coverage? That's uh, that's about it for me. I uh, yeah, I don't have much else to say, and yeah, no, I guess on to book three. podcast contains spoilers for all seasons of Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. Spoilers. Enter at your peril. spoilers buddy um like we don't even get where the origins of this are like at least with the four elements you get like where the the animals like where the humans learned it from with the animals and the techniques but she blocking we don't even know like like where it comes from and i'm still murked on that just because you know we we show origins for everything so i'm like where does this origin come from was it monkeys (laughs) and i say like you know was it like a a, a trickster monkey that showed Tylee how to do this. Like, where did she learn this from? Yeah. Well, not to spoil. Uh, I will. I don't know if you're, are you going to make a spoil section? Sure. If there's spoilers. Okay. Well, here's a spoiler. I know in one of the books, it's either smoke and mirrors or something. She actually does uh, go and 
her father does again i've not read this but her her father is basically like a follower of ozai so it's like a i guess the remnants the remnants of like the loyal loyalists to ozai and they want to like overthrow zuko Mm. and she's like absolutely no i think we that's like her moment to shine her moment of characterization there and she just wants her baby brother like she just wants to grab him and like get him out of there uh and like Mm. like not let him get poisoned by this because i have we have no idea if she's the mother of izumi i have no clue if she's izumi's mother yeah now we're i'm assuming so but like it's at least yeah now we're getting uh way in the weeds maybe we should certainly (laughs) but like i well no 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 because this is spoilers but like all, all i'm saying is that she does show at least some compassion for her little brother at some point yeah expanded materials yes of course expanding material although i think well we'll see how much of that is overwritten in avatar ang and yeah whatever else they do 